Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz, and you are my People of the Book. And I am incredibly excited this morning because I have my very first in-studio guest since before COVID. So, welcome to the studio, Eileen Bezema from Pan Macmillan. It's so wonderful to have you here. You are like a trailblazer. <laughs> this is so exciting, and it's always wonderful to come and speak to you, Janice, but it's even more exciting to actually be in the studio again. I mean, it's like going back to the world as we knew it before. Yeah, it really is, and I'm so, so thrilled that we were able to set this up, and it's wonderful to see you across yes. the, across the <laughs> like desk. in person. In it's person, so across the desk here from me, and you are all organized with your laptop, and, <laughs> and Eileen is going to let me know, and she's going to let you know, more importantly, what is coming up from Pan Macmillan. When you walk into a bookshop, when you go online and you want something great to read, she's going to let you know, I think, some books that are available currently, some that are upcoming, some that are going to be available quite soon. And I think she's got quite a list ready for <laughs> for me. So with, I, I just want to ask you first, though, hope this isn't going to put you on the spot. I know that in the past few weeks, Pan Macmillan suffered quite a serious um, security breach, which which was quite, um, that was that was quite horrible. Yeah, it, it kind of was such a, a shock for all of us. It was the U.S. office had a, a security incident, and so they immediately, to, to be safe, they shut down all of their online operations, all of the U.K., South Africa, like globally. Everyone was uh, out of our systems for a week, and it was just, I suppose, one of the dangers of us all being... 100% online is that then if something does go wrong, we are kind of a bit stranded. But luckily, um, with a lot of hard work, especially from the, the US IT team, um, they've managed to sort out all the problems and we're back pretty much as we were before. But everyone's just doing that like <laughs> frantic catch up. <laughs> I mean, that must have been a huge, huge shock. But I mean, excuse me for sounding naive. What does someone have to gain from breaching your security protocols like that? No, I, I genuinely don't know. I think it's probably well above my pay grade, to be honest, <laughs> Janice. But, you know, uh, uh, it hasn't been kind of explained what, what was happening. And, I mean, the the joke is maybe it's some disgruntled author who feels like they should have been published by <laughs> Macmillan uh, USA. But, yeah, none of us know a lot more detail than, you know, that it was a security breach and they handled it. That's kind of the the headline. Okay, right. So you are listening to People of the Book. I am chatting today to my in-studio guest, Eileen Bezema from Pan Macmillan. And after this, she is going to get right into a list of fabulous book recommendations. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I'm Janice Leibovitz, and this is People of the Book. I'm here with my in-studio guest, Eileen from Pan Macmillan. And without further ado, let's get into your list of suggested books. 
Fantastic. Thank you, Janice. And, and thank you again for having me. It's just, it's so great to be here. And I always love to talk about books with other people who love them. So I know that's you down to a T. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to start off with some local books because, as you know, I'm a really passionate advocate for the incredible books that are published in South Africa, not only by Pan Macmillan, but I mean, I think across the board, we just have just an incredible diversity of voices that are coming out of South African publishers. And so, I mean, I don't know, I think sometimes people avoid those, you know, published locally. Absolutely, they shelves. do. They and do. I, I, as someone who now, I think, uh, I, this is my 10th year in the publishing industry in South Africa, I, I really think the books that we're publishing here are completely comparable to anything international. I agree. I do agree with you. And so without any further ado, the first book I'll talk about is called Rhino War. And uh, I have been on tour with the authors this week. And this is not a book I would have picked up myself. It is the story of General Johan Joester, who in 2012 was parachuted into the Kruger National Park to try and combat some of the extreme rhino poaching that was happening at the time. And he has written this memoir with Tony Park, who is one of our fiction authors. So uh, they've been joking that, you know, this is a two-for-one book. It's basically a novel, but it's true. And Tony said, actually, some of the stories of rhino poaching and what the rangers have to do, he almost couldn't put into a novel because they're, no one would believe them. They're too extreme. So and I've been on tour with them. It is just an incredible story that's so uplifting about South Africans doing something to protect something so, so important to our heritage and to try and solve some of the problems that, that seem completely insurmountable. And uh, one of the most touching things about the book is it talks about how important it is not only to sort of focus on the, I don't know, the, the, the firefight, but also on the people. So these rangers who are in the parks, who are having to suddenly learn how to be law enforcement rather than conservationists, which is why they became game rangers. And the, the kind of how important it is to recognize their humanity, to make sure that they, you know, have the, the tools they need, not only in terms of I don't know, helicopters and things, but also emotional and psychological support. So, I, as I said, it wouldn't be a book I would typically pick up. I'm interested in conservation, but I, I've read it cover to cover in one flight, and I, was, I, I, I really think it's a brilliant read. The other thing that's really interesting is because Johan came in to the, the Sand Parks organization and kind of uh, he hadn't been working for them, he'd been... Uh, part of the army before and then in corporate so it's also quite interesting on like change management and so it, it almost can cross over to people working in 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 difficult times which I think we all yeah, are at the true, moment you know true. so that's my first one which and the rest of the books I've chosen are kind of more on a book clubby because I think it's the middle of winter we all need something that's just like complete escapism but um that one I really I, just also because I've just come away from the authors, I would recommend it to anyone as anyone who's South African or not South African wants to know something a bit about our like natural heritage. It's just a great read. But then a novel by Tony Park is coming out next month as well. And this one is, he usually does some research around different conservation and poaching uh, that's happening in the country. This one is about um, Perlemun. 
what's what's the English word for it? I'd, It'll come to me. I'm actually yes. Go- sorry, I'm actually <laughs> going to Google it. You know that blank moment. Yes. But what what's shocking is that only like fifteen percent of the trade in Perlemon is legal. The rest <laughs> is all illegal trade, and the poaching is very kind of high drama. One of abalone. <laughs> Thank you. I was thinking langoustine, and I'm like, it's definitely not langoustine. So Avalon, that makes much more sense. And this has one of Tony's recurring characters, the ex-mercenary Sonia Kurtz. She's back. There's all of the great things that Tony has in his perfect recipe for just a, an ad. African adventure novel. There's and he's always high, popular. he's always popular. High stakes drama, bit of romance just thrown in there and. Uh, a few twists and turns, but a happy ending as well, which, you know, we need that at the moment. And then staying in, I'm having a, a very much a, like in the parks kind of moment uh, because another amazing book that we've coming got coming out, which I am so excited for, is called The Elephants of Tula Tula. Uh, that is by Francoise Melby Anthony. She is the widow of Lawrence oh, Anthony, right, who right. wrote The Elephant Whisperer. Um, and this is her second book. Her first one was called An Elephant in My Kitchen. And Francoise is just this incredible, glamorous French woman who was born in the south of France and met Lawrence Anthony. They shared a cab. And she has now picked up a lot of his like activism around conservation. She is running Tula Tula, which is a game farm in KZN. They have this incredible herd of elephants with, I mean, the bond that they had with Lawrence Anthony is just remarkable. The, the kind of, that connection with another m- mammal. And so this is kind of a continuation of the story, uh, h- how Tula Tula is run, some of the challenges, especially around poaching. And then Francois's first book kind of dealt with some of her terrible grief after Lawrence passed and in this book uh, not too much of a spoiler but the the matriarch of the herd dies uh, Frankie who was named after Francoise and so it kind of also examines something that I think has become so so much more universal than it already was is is how we process grief how we and how we move on and finding those moments of hope after grief so this is just a beautiful read. There's that. There's all of the kind of the, the the loveliness of the African bush, but there's also um, some of the, the, you know, there's those touching human stories about humans, and animals and elephants in particular in this book, um, and how how we connect. Oh, that sounds gorgeous. I I really think it will be. And Frances is just so incredible because she really is so glamorous but she she runs a bush lodge go figure it's a bit of an anomaly isn't it okay okay so more to come i love it when you read to me this is people of the book with janice Liebowitz. I'm Janice Liebowitz. You're listening to People of the Book. And I'm with my in-studio guest, Eileen Bezema from Pan Macmillan. And she's already given some great book suggestions um, of books that are on shelves, on about to be published by Pan Macmillan, and that will be available shortly. But I'm sure she has lots more to share with 
me. I, I do. And, and I, I sent Janice a message yesterday to say, you know, I'm going to do about 15 books. But then when I started uh, looking at my presentation, suddenly it was 32 books. So I don't <laughs> think I'll get through all of those. But I think there's some really brilliant things coming out. So I'm really excited to talk about them. Okay, let's hear what you've got. So I'm going to chat about some of the fiction that's coming now because I'm a huge fiction fan and I think there's some like just great stories out there that are coming in the next few months and that are in stores already. Um, So the first one is a local book and it's a book that's been released before, but it now has a chapter, the first chapter of the sequel. And this book is Red Ink by Angela McCaller. It was her first book. It's the story of a a PR executive who gets a phone call from a serial killer. And Red Ink was a huge bestseller. We're doing a paperback edition with a beautiful new cover. Um, If anyone knows her work, the the cover, we're going to have a a set that all match Critical But Stable, which was the most recent one. Yeah, so I'll show Janice the photo, but everyone else will have to have a look online. Oh, yes, that will be, it'll be very recognizable as one of Angela's books. And uh, for any of Angela's fans, um, this first chapter unputdownable and so I phoned Angela the moment I finished I was like Angela where's the rest of the book and she said no it's embargoed even I'm not allowed to see it so (laughs) if the publisher can't see it then I just don't know you know so um it uh, that's really exciting and that that book hasn't been announced when it's going to come out yet but it's going to be so great I can't wait to read it um so that's Red Ink by Angela McCorver And then from our international list, uh, there's some really just wonderful novels. I I really struggled to read during um, the lockdowns that we had in the past two years. And it's been such a joy to come back to reading fiction this year as things have gotten a little bit more normal. I I don't know. Did you have the same experience? I didn't, but I know that a lot of people struggled to read and a lot of people found that their reading habits changed. They found that the genres that they enjoyed reading moved from, you know, kind of the rom-com kind of thing and chiclet, I hate that expression, (laughs) but if they enjoyed reading that before, they wanted to read more serious stuff. Mm. And people who liked the more serious stuff, like the psychological things and the thrillers and the detective books and those kind of stories they wanted to read lighter things it was quite interesting to see how people's reading habits changed and evolved and diversified actually yeah I think that's that's a really good point it's like I've spoken to a few people who had that experience that they they just wanted something different I suppose because other parts of our lives were so constrained yes you know finding some new experiences um either in fiction or non-fiction it was really helpful. Right. So it was interesting to, to hear other people's reading experiences and their, the different choices that they were making. Yeah, I think that really is interesting. I think, and also because I, I was reading less, it, I, I, I'm pleased that other people still got to read. But as I say, like there's just, there's some amazing fiction out there at the moment. And I, I'm going to talk about pan books, but I've been reading some great books from other publishers as well. So it's just so nice that people 
our writing, I think writers as a whole have have really used the past two years successfully. Yes, yeah. and the interesting thing is that they haven't been writing really about lockdown or about COVID. There aren't a lot of books out there really on the subject. No, I think you're right. I think, but I think there's been so much new, like new interesting ideas. Yes. And um, the book that I have just finished is called The Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. And she she wrote Station Eleven, which has just been turned into a series. I think it's on Showmax, which won a whole lot of awards. And then her next book was um, The Glass Hotel, which was also a beautiful read. But Sea of Tranquility is a fascinating book because it was described as sci-fi, which, you know, interesting, okay. But personally, I didn't think it was sci-fi. It's, it's more like a literary read. It it travels across three centuries, and it's set, set in Canada, as a lot of her books are, but it's just this amazing meditation on ah, what uh, sort of being human and how time affects us. And it's it's a difficult book to describe, but I would recommend it. And anyone who's read um, The Glass Hotel will know the kind of incredible, almost philosophical way that she tackles some of the themes of being human. So I, I really recommend that if you're looking for something a little bit different, very literary. I, I can't imagine anyone I would compare her to. Maybe David Mitchell, The, the Bone Clocks, yeah, yeah. would be something similar. But I've just finished that, and it's I loved it. I thought it was a brilliant read, but I am a big fan of her writing. <laughs> but then another book, so that's just released this month. Okay, and so that's available that's now. That's available now. Okay. And another book that has just released this month that I think a lot of people are really excited for is called The House of Fortune. And that is the sequel to The Miniaturist by Jesse Burton, yes, which, yes. I mean – so many people I know have that in their top 10 fiction ever because it just was such a immersive historical read. So again, this is set in Amsterdam. It's set in 1705. Uh, it's a wealthy family living on the canals. And the young woman from the miniaturist is now older. She's It's sort of 10 years later. She's getting married. And then she gets a prickle on the back of her neck. And she realizes the miniaturist, who was the sort of sinister figure in the first book, isn't quite finished with her yet. But it's not. So it does have some of that sort of slightly gothic feel, but it is also just beautifully researched historical fiction. Um, You know, these amazing details about life in Amsterdam and this very um, kind of prosperous city and what it was like to be there with these kind of fascinating interpersonal experiences. And so I think that's going to be brilliant. And The Miniaturist is also also a TV series. Uh, oh, if I anyone wants that. to catch up on it, um, it's, it's very sumptuous and beautiful, these kind of interiors. And it's based around The Miniaturist. Uh, she has a, an incredible dollhouse, which in the... Eighteenth century was something that wealthy women would have is a, a house matching their own house. Um, but so the series is gorgeous. If anybody's looking for something nice to watch, that's historical. Mm, to know. So those are the two books that I would recommend that are in store now. And then next month uh, there are a few brilliant ones coming out that I think also people will enjoy. 
the first one is called An Observant Wife. And it is the follow-on from a book called An Unorthodox Match by Naomi Reagan. And I think, uh, so An Unorthodox Match was the story of a, a sort of a, a newly converted woman from California who marries a, a, wid- a widowed rabbi and kind of how they find each other and exploring uh, sort of what the fa- what faith and culture mean and so this is kind of a continuation of their story and also some of the the difficulties of coming into quite a tight community if you're an outsider and I think it's something that is kind of an can be a struggle across a wide range of things whether it's starting at a new school or a new job or you know something uh, more specific like this, where you're yeah. marrying into a different culture. But An Unorthodox Match was a huge bestseller. It's kind of a- another one of those ones that just is on everyone's, like, you should definitely read this. So I think this is, and it's also just a love story about, you know, people finding each other. Yeah, I know Naomi Reagan is popular, but she's also quite controversial. Oh, really? Yes, she is. Um, there are some people who won't read her books. I know Outside of her writing, outside mm. of her, her fiction writing, she's, um, she's a controversial political figure as well. She writes, she's a journalist, I think, as well. Oh, I must and she, <laughs> she writes, she, yeah, she's quite divisive oh. in, her, in her writing and in her opinions. I, but her books are, are, are great. If you take them for what they are, as, yeah. I mean, she does write as fiction. And I haven't read her for for quite some time and mm. I haven't read her more recent books and her writing was always quite enjoyable mm. and to, you know whether you you enjoy it whether you whatever faith you hold whatever wherever you are on the spectrum of of religiosity or mm. her facts usually are quite on point mm. so and I think if you are a fan, you're, you, this is one for you. Yeah, so definitely. And yeah. I, I think they're quite interesting discussions about, you know, should you be only reading authors that you completely agree with all of their opinions? Yes. And I mean, I don't think there's a wrong or right answer, but I, I think it's something interesting to think about. And I um, think authors want their books spoken about. They want to provoke mm-hmm. discussion. And, and I think that's a good thing. I think so too. And sometimes, yeah, you can just see things from a different perspective. And that's never a bad thing. Exactly. Another book that is coming out in August is called The Accidental Medium. Um, this is cozy crime. It's, it's, I've read it, it's quite silly. It's, it's sort of very light. A, a woman suddenly discovers that she can, <laughs> she can speak to ghosts and oh. uh, they help her solve crimes. It's, it's, very cute though she um, it's very much about a woman just kind of finding her her own way in the world and um, and in the next world well there you go (laughs) and but it's a very enjoyable read and the the main character is a very sort of likable um, if slightly ditzy woman um, solving crimes with her spectral buddies (laughs) sounds different it is different um uh, but so that's that's August, um, and then another one, which I mean, 
you'll have to tell me if it's controversial, Janice, is uh, the Red Tent. They are releasing an anniversary edition, and it's just got such a beautiful cover. And I had never read the Red Tent by Anita Diamant. I've read it many, many, many years ago. And it's, it, you know, it's one of those books that everyone says you should read. So I, I, I actually started it last night, and it's what an amazing kind of different world to have... I like anyway, but so if anyone else like me has not read this book that everyone says you have to read, it is a classic. <laughs> there is this incredibly beautiful new edition coming out. It's I'm going to try and describe it. It's like a black cover with a red tent on it, and then the moon, and it's it, it's it's the story of Jacob and kind of uh, uh, it's sort of I'm trying to think how to. How would you put it in <laughs> like a, a one-liner? But uh, it's about how, I suppose it's about communities of women and women looking after each yes. other in, oh, I don't even know what, what in the distant past. <laughs> How's that? It's, it's, like, it's like early, early feminism? Yeah, I think that's a good, but they're, I mean, they're biblical. in the desert. But biblical, biblical feminism. Biblical feminism, an interesting <laughs> conjunction of ideas. Um, so that's also coming out in August. And then for a couple of September fiction reads that I've also got on my list of things that you've just got to pick up. The first one is called Daisy Darker. And it's by an author called Alice Feeney. A book that you might recognize the title of is Sometimes I Lie. Yes. And that is in production for a movie. Um, then she's got two others that are also going to be turned into movies. So that kind of gives you a sense. They're very, like, cinematic, I suppose. But they are mystery thrillers. And Daisy Darker is kind of an homage to Agatha Christie. It's a locked room mystery of a family on a... Uh, they go to the grandmother's house on a deserted island and it's kind of a big family reunion. That seems to be a popular theme lately. Yeah, I think a lot of people are re-examining the kind of the golden age of crime. There was that Lucy Foley, I think. is um, Yes, Lucy Foley recently did The Paris Apartment, mm. but there's been books like The Resort and... The uh, guest list. The I guest think. list. And there's also been a couple, it's quite strange because there's been a couple that have been set and they say that they are basing it, it's based on a resort apparently that's off the coast of Devon. Apparently there okay. is such a place that exists. Okay. And it sounds like these books are being based on this this gorgeous, glamorous place. But there's been. A few that are based on, oh, a family goes off and found, finds that they need to regroup and they mm. go on a holiday to or to a remote farmhouse yeah. and then such and such and such happens. Or they go on a camping trip in the Australian outback <laughs> and then dum-dum-dum. And it, it seems to be a theme about these families going off to these remote places mm. And um, so if if my husband suggests that we go off somewhere <laughs> as a family to some remote place, I'm going to say no. <laughs> Just say no. I think. Yeah. <laughs> For your own safety. I think... Um I think you're right, but I think it's because there's such like a rich uh, seam for drama to unfold amongst families, and and I suppose then you have a limited cast because it's just them yes. stuck in one place. And I 
think, although I said earlier that, that, you know, we were saying authors really took advantage of lockdown and mm. wrote, and I said, oh, but they didn't really write about COVID. And I'm thinking, these books, though, mm. are writing about isolation. It's a good point, actually. Like, I hadn't thought of that before. I, 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 I just struck me. Yeah. They're writing about books about families going off to isolated places. Yeah. So I'm thinking, hmm. And actually being stuck together, which I yes. think we all were dealing with in some of those. Um, and they all have to depend on each other to get themselves out of whatever situation they find themselves in. So it's yeah. interesting. And I do think there'd be more of them. I think that's definitely. A, I think that's a, there's definitely a theme of it. But I must say that so I love a locked room mystery. I'm a huge Agatha Christie fi- fan. Um, although uh, the, the the one that's set on an island um, and then there were none, I think is the most scary of all of her books. Um, so that's the one I haven't reread multiple times. <laughs> but this one is also quite scary. So it's the family and the grandmother is then murdered and they have to work out oh. who who done it. And someone leaves this kind of creepy poem written on the wall and it's very it's on the eve of Halloween it's all quite dark and scary but it it's very gripping it's a very quick read because you just want to know what's going on and I think it's that kind of as I say cinematic you you kind of right in there in the action and the drama you can almost hear the soundtrack around you of like da, 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 da. Yeah. so <laughs> um, don't go in there don't open that door exactly so that is Daisy Darker that's coming in September oh that sounds like something amazing to look forward to some fantastic suggestions coming from Eileen from Pan McMillan and this is People of the Book I love it when you this is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. You're listening to People of the Book. And my guest today is Eileen Bezema from Pan Macmillan. And so far, she's given us some fabulous book suggestions. Uh, some are on the shelves already, and some are coming out in August or September. And I'm sure she still has a couple more to share with us. I have, you know... The great thing about working in publishing is that you always know there's going to be something amazing to read. And the only downside of working in publishing is that there is always more than you can read. There are so many incredible books and you're just, oh, my my to-be-read pile is now oh, sort it's, of, it's like the same height as I am. It's so funny because I just um, participated in an online read-along, which was such fun. I've never really done one properly before and we just did one for a book called The Trial um, by um, S.R. Matthews, I think his name is, the Mm. author. And then when we, I think we were were signing up for the next Mm read-along and they asked us, what's the top thing on our bucket list? And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Yeah. And everyone else was saying, oh, the top thing on our bucket list is to get through my to-be-read pile. <laughs> and then someone else said, no, but if you get through it, then, you know, then then what have you got to look forward to? What, what, you can't get that. That's the whole point yeah. of a to-be-read pile, that, that you've always got something <laughs> to be read. You can't, you can't get through a to-be-read pile. That, no, that exactly. Is a, you know, so... Yeah. I, I've never met anyone, any serious reader or 
even less serious reader who's sort of said like, oh, well, now my pile is finished and I can what get on with life. Nobody wants that. No, you always no, want something absolutely. brilliant next to you that you can pick up and read. Um, For sure. Oh, I do anyway. Me and too. And I think you do. Me too. <laughs> and on that note, I have a couple more novels that I can chat about if you're keen. I'm very keen. So the first one is called The 620 Man. It's by David Baldacci. Um, David Baldacci is a... Oh, a prolific author. He's written uh, something like 30 novels, um, thrillers, and, you know, some of them have been turned into movies. He's got an amazing charitable foundation um, where he supports young writers. And I think I wouldn't have thought of Baldacci, particularly for myself, like it's not really like I always think of them as like men's books, but they <laughs> really aren't. You know, he's got the... the you know, I, I do it to myself sometimes. I typecast. We do. Yeah. We do. It's, and, it's only, it's natural. And you think that, you know, that genre, oh, well, you know, I could, don't even need to look at those books. But I read um, the first of the Aloysius Archer series by him, which is called uh, One Good Deed. And that is set in the 1950s. It's kind of got a Raymond Chandler vibe. And so now I am a David Baldacci convert. And the one that's coming out uh, in August is the the 620 man is a standalone. So if you don't read if you haven't read any of his series, and I think he's got like four or five running at the moment, this might be a good way into the Baldacci library. <laughs> and it's the story of It's a gateway drug, is that what you're Well <laughs> not to be a pusher, but <laughs> I think there are worse things to be addicted to than brilliant books. And so it's the story of uh, an ex-soldier who is now working for a bank and he starts to pick up on things that are just a little dodgy, you know. I think living in South Africa, we all know the stories of... Banks being dodgy. Can't imagine. Bizarre, isn't it? Mm. Corruption. What? (laughs) But so he's working in high finance in in New York City, but uh, he, he kind of... He comes across this, he's a whistleblower, and then other whistleblowers or other people who've been involved are starting to um, get killed. So he starts investigating. It's very kind of, I haven't read the book yet, but I'm looking forward to it. So uh, I think what's brilliant about Baldacci's investigators is they're not just... Then they're not machines; they're humans who have their own problems. But they're they're kind of managing above the odds to unravel these puzzles, and I think that's very appealing. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. Okay, and I know he is actually often a, a popular book club choice. Yeah, I think I I think it's sometimes a good idea to not type your cast yourself. <laughs> uh, don't 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 limit your own horizons. <laughs> Although I think also if you love something, I don't know, I, I do that. I mean, do you do this where you, if you find an author you love, you suddenly just read all of their yes, books? Yes, you don't even check what it's about. You don't read what it's about. They come up with a new book and you automatically buy it and you don't even, you're not bothered. There's nothing wrong with that, to be honest. Like, you know, we need some things that we, it's like a sure thing. And um, if you're a Baldacci reader, this is a sure thing. And if you're not, it might be one to try. So, okay. And then the next one uh, that I'm going to talk about is also one of these authors. Uh, it's also a crime novel. It's also an author who's got several series running. It's Anne Cleves, 
Um, the book is called The Rising Tide, and it's a new book uh, around her detective, Vera, who is <laughs> a favorite. I like Vera. <laughs> I love Vera. I think the, I, I love the idea of a little old lady investigating. She actually apparently is not a little old lady. Apparently, when you take off that 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 bulky trench coat and you zhuzh up her hair. Apparently, she's quite a smart, younger woman. I'm not saying she's young, yeah. but she does not look remotely like that in real life. It's quite hard to imagine, but like... It is. In my head, she's, I don't know, maybe little old is a bit wrong, but frumpy, she's like, Frumpy, frumpy. Yeah, that's the word, exactly. Yes. But, I mean... She's just a character. Exactly. But And an intellect, I love that, that, you know, I think sometimes, as I've gotten a bit older, you, you can feel a bit invisible as a woman. Yes. And I think she's using that to her... To complete advantage. Exactly. Good and, for her. You know, um, you got to love her. I think her. that's what we love about her. Yeah, exactly. So... This is a new Vera book, which I think anyone who, who loves Ant Leaves will be really excited about. Um, some of the other Ant Leaves books, she's got the Shetland series, she's got Two Rivers, and then there are a few standalones as well. Her last one was The Heron's Cry? Yeah, that's yeah. Um, yeah. with, I think, the... Now I get them mixed up. And there was The Darkest Evening, which was at a dinner party. That was a really good one as well. This one is about kind of a group of friends. They've known each other since they were teenagers. And every five years they have a reunion. It's not a locked room mystery, but it is kind of similar because it's 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 questions of like lies and stories that we tell each other and tell ourselves and how those can kind of unravel and, you know, um, almost that domino effect of one person learning the wrong thing and then suddenly everyone, well, I mean, then someone dies. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So this is just, um, fa- there are fabulous choices here and um, I wish we could talk about this all day, but unfortunately we can't. We are going to be back to wrap this up very shortly. I love it. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. This is People of the Book, and today I have been chatting to Eileen from Pan Macmillan, and she has been giving me some fabulous suggestions of book titles. Um, Some are already available, so if you're looking for something great to read, these are available on shelves and online right now. Some are out next month or in September. And I'm sure you've still got a couple more that I, you could share. I have, I have. I, I mean, I can literally go on all day, but I think um, probably shouldn't. So <laughs> I, I, I thought I might talk about a couple of nonfiction titles that are out now or coming soon. Because even though I think like often we're looking for fiction, if we're looking for something different, uh, there really are some brilliant non-fiction reads out there that are either inspirational or that can teach you something or um, whatever it is. So I've got a few of those to chat about now. So the first one is called Be a Triangle, and that is by a YouTube star called Lily Singh. And before the book, (laughs) before we got presented the book by the UK, I hadn't heard of Lily Singh, which is actually quite embarrassing because she is huge. She is like this 
massive YouTube star. She's got all sorts of awards on it. Um, and she's also hilarious. Like, I was really pleased to find her. She's, she's sort of a young Indian woman. And, and her first book was called How to Be a Bouse. Or bo- Bouse? B-A-W-S-E. Or Boss. But um, she's just... She's really funny. She's really uh, authentic, which I think we all hear too much about social media. But she just she feels like someone you could have a great time with. And uh, she's unpretentious. She's uh, She's got some really interesting ideas about living in your own power, like finding a kind of balance. Um, and that's what her be a triangle is, is a triangle is a stable shape and kind of you have a strong base. You're, you're not going to be knocked over. You retain your own shape as you grow. And I think she's she's just a really refreshing voice. So that's a fun one. It's a, like a quick read as well. And I think any like TikTokers or, or, or teenagers listening to the show probably know exactly who she is. Um, but if you've got teenagers in the house and you want um, to kind of have something to chat about like this might be a great book to read it's like just a short little one and it's, it's really fun and then kind of all of the non-fiction that I've chosen now that I look at it is kind of inspirational and I think that's because it's the middle of winter and so we just need things that help us keep going and I, I, so the next one is not about keeping going it's about how to begin and that's the title of the book. And I think that's what's often so difficult is how do you take that first step? How do you stop procrastinating or get over some of the huge anxiety? You know, we all live with so much ambient yeah. anxiety anyway. And uh, the author who's written How to Begin, uh, Michael Bungay-Steiner, is a life coach. And the book kind of gives you really practical examples to figure out, you know, what is the plan? How do I know what I want? And then what are the like small steps to get there? And then, I mean, there are lots of books like this. There are tons of YouTube videos like this. What makes Steiner stand out is kind of the success that he has had with people using his coaching methods. Um, and, and I think sometimes it's okay and I think one of the, the lessons from the book is it's okay if it's hard to begin. We don't have to be frightened by that. We can still do it. It's, that is good to know. And, and as you say, it, it's, it's all very well knowing how to carry on, but sometimes you don't even know where to start. And unfortunately, that is where we have oh. to stop. <laughs> that is where we are going to have to end things. I just want to say thank you to Hillary, who has been listening today. And she says she very much agrees that one must not read only the genre you like and the values you agree with. Reading something not in this category opens your mind and gives you understanding of different views on life. Thank you, Hilary. I think we both agree with you that that is very Definitely. true. Yes, so thank you for that and thanks for listening. Eileen, thank you so much for coming in and giving us some great, great book ideas. It's really been great having you here and um, I've loved listening to all your title suggestions. No, thank you for having me. I, you know, I really do love my job. I'm so lucky to work in publishing, but getting to talk about books on the radio, I mean... If 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 ten year old me could see me now, she would just I don't even know. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me. It I, is such it's a pleasure. so lovely to be Always here. a pleasure. I think for a book lover to share their love of books with other book lovers is that's just the dream. It really is. So <laughs> thank you so much. 
And to you, as I always say, take care of yourself, take care of each other, do what you love and read a book.